Brown and <laughs> Derek Wesley here. Wesley, right? Yeah, that's okay. It. Uh, from Multi Ultra. Yeah, you guys just released a single, Cold Shoulder. That's right, dude. And you just had your show at the Basement OG mm-hmm. on St. Patrick's Day. How Sold out, man. Oh, sold out? Sold out, yeah. Nice. It was our first sold out show. That's right, Congratulations. yeah. Congratulations. St. Patty's Day, it was great. Definitely got to hand it to uh, Jonathan Pelt Pleviak and the year before. Those were some great openers. Um, but yeah, finally sold it out after after a handful of tries. They were awesome, too. I, I, it was my first time catching both of their performances, and I'm a huge fan now of Jonathan Pleviak. He's, he had that song, Wild Love. I have singing it all weekend, and the year before... They were phenomenal as well as a band, and yeah, it, totally. was, it was a great time, man. We uh, just the feeling of like having uh, people there singing your songs is kind of a, a first for us, or at least for me. You know, it's like uh, I know Nolan is it's in a lot of other projects. Yeah, but it's he, flattering, but it's so invigorating and it's exciting and and validating and all those things. And you know, there's there's still other reasons why we do it, but that's absolutely a nice push in the right direction yeah. you know just being 100%. honest right? yeah proof the proof is in the pudding i think yeah yeah to push you kind of in the direction that you've been trying to go in you finally get you know that feedback feels nice totally it's even very- if it's half a dozen people like actually singing the words it's like damn they know this song that's yeah. cool it doesn't really matter the number it's just nice to see it happen on any level well dusty had always kind of talked to me about you guys but i i didn't really know i mean no one i've heard your name it's come up on the podcast multiple times. Cool. Um, and Josh has always spoke very highly of you. Same thing with Dustin. But he he told me that it's always fun as fuck to play with you guys when he plays drums for you. Um, and I never really... I We just haven't had the chance to meet until sure. we did the Eat, Sleep, Rock, Talk podcast where I was the producer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't make it out to the show the other night. I wanted to see it. No worries, um, dude. The single's great. I mean, you guys are a good fucking band. Thanks. You play well together. Thank you write you. good Thank songs. You. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, what? dude. We love we love Dusty and the Reveal too. They're, yeah. And you know, they're Dusty. He really helped us get started, and you know, we uh, we love those guys, and we'll always uh, have a special place in our hearts for them. And well, Dusty's sure. a real uh, special guy. Yeah, he, <laughs> he is. A he very is. He's guy. got some real special ideas and real special <laughs> opinions, but we love them all the same. <laughs> yeah, there was a period of time where Dustin, uh, it was re- semi recently where he was just kind of living on the couch here, mm-hmm. um, and just crashing. And uh, yeah, it's it's always fun having him around. He's grown a lot as a person since I've known him. I've known Dustin for like probably five or six years it wasn't long after i moved to nashville that i was I close him. to that too yeah. yeah some some seasons of my life i would spend more time with them or less time with them you know how people yeah have their totally. schedules and come and go and flow and you know mutual friends and things like that Absolutely. but um so was, i've always appreciated he has a very wildly creative mind yeah and i always appreciated that about him i think he he's, he's got to keep chasing what he wants so well what i uh what i like about dustin is when you bring in an idea to him even if you disagree with what he says he always gives good some kind of good feedback where he's trimming the fat on an idea you know where he's like you should actually just do it this way i'll tell him the fuck off sometimes or i'm like no that's not it dustin sure i think you gotta that's with any i mean you know you you just gotta learn to accept what you you kind of take things like how you want to hear it and and 
you know, cause you're constantly going to get opinions and, and feedback from a lot of people. And it's like, it's good to listen to, you know, sometimes if you're getting the same kind of feedback over and over, you, you might think, oh, well, maybe that, maybe I should listen to that. Maybe there's a reason I keep hearing that same feedback, yeah. you know, but other times I think you kind of just take what you want, you know, and, and as an artist, you have to, you can't really, um, y- you know, you can't just change everything because one person not trying to say that's dusty or anything i think that's just with with anybody you know um you start to with working with you know in a collaborative project for sure especially with a producer or someone like that too yeah yeah. This this definitely scopes out to a bigger idea that is still pretty much a mystery for me and all the bands and all the people i've worked with you know I've, i've played different roles but it is like so to what extent or when is feedback crucial to listen to and to bend towards like feedback can be helpful or criticism and it can ignite a change that sends you on a better path so like we've all experienced that in some form but like then at at what point or when how do you detect when feedback like poisons your situation and leads you off of your path that mm-hmm. maybe it, because sometimes it's just like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And then two years later, you follow your gut and it's like, look where I am now. I'm glad I never listened to that yeah. comment or that person. Doesn't matter if it's your best friend or your parents or a stranger, but it's like, it's it's so mysterious to me. I have no answers, but it's like that identifying when when i should listen to the criticism when i should listen to the feedback and change and implement that or when i should like completely disregard it you know you have all these times when maybe a person of a higher status or of more power like a like a label guy or like a big successful whoever you know sometimes they can guide you well and sometimes they <laughs> They don't get it. You know, they don't get what you're going for. And at the end of the day, this is in no, uh, this is like in no refutation to what you said, Derek, but at the end of the day, it's still a mystery to me, but you get to decide when you listen to feedback and when you don't. It's ultimately, I guess, just an instinctual or a gut decision, but there's really no blanket statement to be made about when when you should follow it or when you should not like it just comes down to you but that's why it's a mystery to me sorry that's to a really no i take think that's the floor a, no, for a minute no, my bad that, i think that's an awesome uh conversation topic honestly yeah. i think that's a really cool because you know I, it wouldn't be fun if we if there was a formula to constantly follow i totally. think you know it's like part of the fun sometimes is the uncertainty of like where are we going to take this thing? Where are we going to, what's next, you know? And yeah. if you knew exactly like, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to think it through. Then we just kind of be kind of puppets or kind of like, um, like you said, you know, if you do everything that the, the people with the power want to do, then. Then where's your art? Right. You exactly. know, what's your point of, you know, uh, what are you contributing? What's your point of what you're saying or contributing? Like it has to come from you or your vision, but there have been so many times where I listened to my teammates or I compromised or I bended or I let go of an idea that I was attached to and I got a better result 
in the end. So it's it's just so wonderful. It's such a wonderful enigma. Well, I think to being an artist, the thing about it is the the work is so personal and it comes from you, but you also have to detach your ego a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let you know whatever it is in the great beyond decide what it's going to be because in those moments when, when you're making something writing a song whatever you're sitting there and there's that feeling of time disappearing mm-hmm. like whether you're alone you're playing with a group whatever it is where it's like oh shit we've just been working on this song for the past six hours <laughs> Maybe we should go eat something. We forgot to eat. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what the beauty is of it, you know? Um, do you guys follow Rick Rubin on Twitter at all? Yeah. We're actually book clubbing his uh, his book right now. Oh, I'm, shit. I'm totally okay. just paraphrasing, paraphrasing and just spitting crap Rick Rubin at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not crap. It's it's no, genius. No, But no, I'm saying is. I'm just regurgitating that, you well, know? He, it's, it's valid, dude. I like... He was on Joe Rogan a couple of months ago, and it was fucking awesome. I don't know if you guys yep. listened to it. Yeah, yeah. I still got to watch his Huberman Lab too. That's another cool. It was one he good. Did on creativity. Well, he just basically said, "I don't know. Listen to me or don't listen to me. Like it's okay either way. Totally. Which <laughs> is it, it's a very uh like a Zen Buddhist philosophy. It almost seems like." I don't know what the right word for unattached. Yeah. Well, unattached for sure. Distant. Yeah. But you look at all of the artists that Rick Rubin has worked with. He worked with Johnny Cash, but he also worked with the Beastie Boys. Totally. That's fucking insane. Totally. There's no other living producer like Rick Rubin out there right now. And he doesn't even necessarily have a sound per se. He's a genre chameleon. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a great term. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always been super into, to kind of some of the stuff that he says, because again, it's just that Zen Buddhist philosophy, but with creativity where, Mm -hmm. um, you just have to open yourself up to whatever the idea is and see where it takes you. That's the hardest part. What's Mm -hmm. what's so cool about his, like what I'm learning from him is he just kind of, he just lives it, man. Every day, like he lives creativity and that's what his his book is about and that's what he's been you know kind of talking about in these podcasts but it's really cool to hear you talk about your on your 184th episode of your podcast yeah. because it's like that's what you're doing as well it's like you're living it you're like you know it becomes a, a lifestyle and in, in a way you know like you're uh you know you're trying to think like well what can how can i how can i enhance this or how can i yeah you know uh and i, I think that applies with any art anything whether it's you know songwriting or painting or whatever you know podcasting mm-hmm. you know it's all the same we're all trying to get to some sort of mastery of it and i think that um he's just got a really cool way of tying a really really cool uh yeah way of tying that all together and and making it um co- cohesive for you know it's not just for music it's uh whatever you're doing he you know, his words really help you kind of inspire you to chase excellence. Do you guys Definitely. meditate at all? Yes. Um, occasionally, but I should more often. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair. I love it, man. It's been, um, not to talk too much about it, but I really do think that it's been life changing. Uh, I started in 
2020 and like during the pandemic had a lot of anxiety and a lot of just like my the gerbil brain you know it's, I still get that occasionally but um, honestly that has set me on a new path how did it uh how did it change like what what are the changes that you've noticed um for one I you know I'm able to focus I think it's kind of helped me build like uh, a sort of where I'm not worried about things as much that are not within the present moment that's been you know my biggest uh, obstacle is just like you know doing something that I should be enjoying but kind of disassociated from it because I'm worried about tomorrow or yesterday or anything and uh, also like being another thing that Rick Rubin talks about is noticing being open to these little moments of clarity and I've started to realize like trends not within like I was, we were talking about this earlier, not within popular culture, but trends, what some would consider coincidences. So to tie in a, a short little anecdote, we were, we played, uh, we covered Prince at our basement show and we were putting up flyers and, uh, at the first venue that we went to put up a flyer, there was a Prince picture, oh, a poster yeah. of Prince on the wall. And so we kept going and there was... Uh, we were, we heard, uh, purple rain coming out of a car and, you know, like minutes later, minutes yeah. later, it was like, you know, could have been coincidental, whatever. So then we got the idea like to cover Prince. Maybe we should just cover. Wasn't Prince there the a show. third one though? So then after we discussed it and had this idea, the next place we went, the dude that was working at the door was wearing a Prince t-shirt. And it's almost like when you are living in the moment and, and really connected with what is in the present it's like you get these little gifts from the universe or god or whoever whatever you believe and it's it's almost as if that kind of guides you in in your art and i definitely feel like what you're saying about disconnecting from your ego and letting these things work through you and just kind of being a vessel being an antenna for yeah it was a triple omen. Yeah, yeah. A good omen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good omens. It, exactly. There can be good and bad omens, yeah, but it's sure. like, uh, I think that that word historically has some like scary connotations, but it actually it shouldn't because it just means a universal sign or a universal coincidence that you keep seeing. It could be tied to like the idea of a deja vu or, you know, something like that. But yeah, omen. Uh, omen flipped meaning for me when i read the alchemist and we don't have to talk about that or anything but it's like a nice can't little talk about no it. it's cool it's just like a nice little book but it there's things that happen in that story where they say the word omen but it was like all positive things on its journey you know what i mean so like that's and they can be you know they don't have to be life-changing it could be something as trivial as like oh what cover song do we pick <laughs> and then we saw the presence of prince you know three times that day and it's like, oh, like that's just like a, a little nudge from something, some organization, you know what I mean, of energy. It's just nudging you. And it's nice to be there to notice it or be present enough to see it, to loop it back to the meditation thing. Maybe your eyes are more open to situations like that. Absolutely. To be just just to be able to accept the gifts of the present, I think is the the real beauty in meditation. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one, Derek. I gotta get there. Thanks, I do man. it a couple I, times a yeah, week, but it I'm takes not as practice. It takes discipline for sure. It it discipline to me is like doing. <laughs> here I am preaching about something as a podcast. What I'm working <laughs> through is when you don't feel like doing it. That's like when you should do it, and 100%. that's my biggest struggle right now. Because when I don't feel like doing it, I don't do it. 
Well, we're our own so. biggest uh, biggest enemy, and that that actually reminds me of another book that I've read like ten times in my life. It's um, the War of Art by Stephen oh, Pressfield. Classic, dude. Yeah, we you both, guys have we read both it too. read yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, was, it's a great one. But I, I love that man. Um, I gotta say though, for anybody that's struggling like with meditation or struggling with keeping up that streak, like it doesn't get easier <laughs> it's like um it's like you know i still even though the discovery of like figuring it out is um is good to it's a you know it's good to to practice and do things it's not like i'm a guru now you know that's not what right. i'm trying you're to say you're not yoda yet i'm not yoda <laughs> I'm, i you know and and i still have we all still have problems and you know it's still like we i have anxiety and things and it's For not sure. like it's not like i'm yeah. No, I totally There's no know magic what you're here. We're yeah. we're here we're humans we're human. and we're going to suffer and it's cool. Right. <laughs> yeah, but that that suffering though, it's it's a part of a part of human existence. Totally. There's no way fucking around it and the more the more that you try to avoid it, the more suffering that you do. Yes, you yeah. invite it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny uh it's like the resistance. Yeah, mm -hmm. the resistance. Exactly. Yeah. No, when I when I read that book, it it rocked my fucking world um, because for me, for a long time, I would always really beat up on myself about not getting enough done and mm -hmm. I would feel bad about it. And I would weaponize not being disciplined enough on myself. And I think with age, I've, I've calmed a little bit just naturally. But um, and there was multiple things. Of course, we all have a very unique set of life circumstances challenges that we we face there's like almost like i think continued themes of, of problems that we we all have like for mm -hmm. me car trouble that's all <laughs> that's always been it keeps coming back huh? yeah that's wow. always been a theme in my life is just car trouble hmm. like when i was 20 my first car was this 2000 pontiac grand am well, there's your problem right there. It was kidding. it was a horrible car. It was worth maybe four hundred dollars on a good day. Yeah, I grew up in Maine. It, this car did not have working heat or working AC. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's brutal. Maine winters are brutal. But and I forgive uh, forgive me. I've told this story on the podcast before. So if you're listening and heard this story, you can fast forward or whatever. But um, basically, what happened with this car? Uh, I was, it was a morning where I was supposed to have a rehearsal with my band. I was also teaching at this music school. It was a Sunday. Um, I was bitching and moaning because I found out my ex-girlfriend was engaged and I was just down in the Hurts. fucking dumps. Yeah. I didn't want, I was not over it yet. She got over it very quickly. Hmm. Like with, within <laughs> it's usually six how months. It goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just. I, I was crying on the phone to my friend Ned, and he was like, dude, you're being a bitch right now. You just need to come to practice. Sure. And I did, and someone, while we were practicing, backed into my car and ripped off my bumper, and that's oh, what man. gave me the money to move to Nashville. Oh, what do you so, mean, Gabe? Oh, you mean the insurance claim? The oh, insurance claim. Dude. Yeah, because I wasn't even in the car. I was at no fault at all. Wow. The guy immediately, he was my, my friend Ned's guitar student. He was like a 45-year-old dude just playing guitar for fun. Um, 
But yeah, ripped off my bumper. And uh, I remember getting picked up. I was pissed as fuck at first. But then when the tow truck driver came to, to pick me up and pick my car up, he's like, oh, yeah, this is totaled. He's like, you're about to get paid for this, like right away. And I was like, shit, really? Because I didn't even think about that. I had, I didn't know when I was 20 that you could have your car totaled and get paid for it through someone else's insurance. Sure. It wasn't even an idea. That I guess registered. that's what insurance is for. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Good thing it wasn't a hit and run. The dude owned up to it. Yeah, he owned up to it. I mean, Noble. It, it was parked in the parking lot. He came up. He's like, hey, uh, I just ran into someone's car, whoever that. Wow. Yeah. So it's a good act. This this car was the bane of my fucking existence for a couple of years because I would get it um, every winter in Maine. Uh, your car just gets fucked. Did you guys grow up in the winter at all? Michigan. Michigan. Okay. So you know how it is. Like the salt on the roads, all that bullshit. My inspection, you had to get a yearly inspection on your car. Not only run through emissions, but you had to make sure like stupid shit like rocker panels. Jump through a bunch of hoops. Yeah, exactly. And every single year, my inspection was due in March, right at the end of winter. There was still usually snow on the ground. And it was around this time. So it was stressing me the fuck out. But it just... It all went away like it in my path became clear and I had been wanting to move to Nashville, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. Mm, an arrangement of omens. Yeah. An arrangement of omens. Exactly. I see how you tied that in. Yeah. I was like, where is he going with this? Yeah. Now I see it. Nice. Yeah. I love that's this. Good. I, I, yeah. This is a cool. Uh, it's a cool, good loop. That's back. a great story. Yeah. Yeah. First off, I, I love the uh, idea of unexplained. Um coincidences or maybe not even maybe not doors opening doors, doors closing opening. yeah that's that's a really cool uh topic to to chew on dude we're gonna write so many songs from this podcast conversation <laughs> <Hell> yeah <dude. laughs> i'm honored that, so you moved to nashville when when did you move here um it was seven years ago i think it'll be eight years this year wow nice yeah so i've, I've been here a minute and that's that's even weird to say out loud yeah, yeah, you're right behind me. I'm almost. I'll be tenth year this fall. Oh wow! Okay, right? Fuck yeah, yeah. Um, but That's it's nuts. it's weird to to think about like spending so much time in one place because I spent half my childhood in Florida. My dad was in the Navy. We moved up to Maine. Spent pretty much like preteens and up to early adulthood in Maine, and then Nashville. I've just uh, been here. You know, and it, yeah. it's it's crazy to think about. Like I, I've made the best friends of my life here. Nice, um, and I, I feel super lucky to be here. It's it's a gift. That's great, yeah, man. It, yeah, I, I think we're lucky to be here too. I, I was actually, it's funny. I was thinking the other day about how, you know, being in one place long enough to kind of know the the secrets. Like when somebody comes mm-hmm. to visit, you can be like, I can show you the places that the tourists don't go, you know? Right. Yeah. And the cool and the bad and the ugly and have all your, your favorite, you know, gripes about the city too. I mean, not to be negative, but yeah, yeah, you live somewhere so long that you know the great and the good and the bad and the ugly. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Where do you take your family to when they come to? Oh. Well, your family have been here a couple of times. When you have a friend. They have visit, friend or new, family. Friend. Dude, I'm embarrassed to say being here for 10 years I always blank on this question because I feel like, I guess I just have to take them to places that I like, and it also depends on what they like, right? So, you know, if if they've never been, you gotta go see the neon lights down on the Broadway Strip. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Gotta go there, but 
you know, we've been like in East Nashville. I even think restaurants are a good, um, you know, neutral thing to toss at people. There's a lot of great cuisine. Like, dude, even in my neighborhood, like I could walk to Smiling Elephant or I could walk to Melrose Billiards. And those are just simple, casual, fun places to hang out. Like, you know, you really, if you got good company, anywhere is fun. You know, Pins Mechanical is a fun little arcade. Um, I'll toss out one more. Uh, you know, if you're into some like nightclub, Careful, groovy. We'll have to wait in line. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like giving the secrets away, <laughs> the but I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but Maybe I mean, hey, day. they got to come for the secret sauce, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know, if they're in for like kind of a groovy, clubby, hipster, groovy thing, sometimes they have these jams at like Inglewood Lounge or Flamingo that are really cool and fun to go to. And it's not country and it's not rock. So it's like refreshing for me. It's kind of like that, you know, disco ball, neo soul kind of thing. Yeah. That those are some fun places. What about you? Um, yeah, I like uh, I like to show off the Berry Hill area because Ooh. it's, you know, I like to drive around there and say this is the new music row because there's I feel like there's a lot of recording studios over there. there. And publishing houses, and, too. and publishing houses, Definitely. and I, I love going to that. Uh, there's the murals on the the fences down through there. Oh, oh yeah. definitely, yeah, like House of Blues and all that cool stuff. Yeah. Where they got Beatles and they got all the classics. Yeah. Yeah. BB King, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like you know, Music Row is there. May be some studios there and and label offices and things, but now it's kind of apartments and condos. So I like to say that's the new place. Um, as far as restaurants go. Um, Nectar Urban Cantina, and oh, that's a new uh, Donaldson. Donaldson, yeah. I haven't heard of that. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's kind of hidden a little bit. Do you know where Ooh. the Walgreens is on Lebanon Pike? You know, dude, I'm one of those stupid millennials that needs a GPS no matter where I go. That's fair. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I, I mean, tell you I, I used, unless you live out there, you kind of don't know. Yeah, yeah you know? I'm so bad with like landmarks, and I just that's kind of close to here though, right? Like Donaldson's close to. It's like. Maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. I used to live in that part of town. So, like, I lived over on Lebanon Pike, basically between downtown and where all that stuff is in Donaldson. Yeah. Um, I love Donaldson, dude. I th- it's my favorite part, maybe, of Nashville. Like, if I buy a house ever, I yeah. would probably buy a house there. It's I love Donaldson, too. I was just thinking, I got to shout this place out. Even for locals, the the my favorite restaurant right now to get like quality food quality steak um but that's reasonable and affordable is it's called emory Woodfire. oh yeah over on 12 south right on 12 south that's we, a solid we, one dude yeah yeah it's i mean for you the bang for your buck it's my favorite to you know have a nice sit down like we that's kind of one of the joys that we do outside of music with the band is we like to have like family family food nights and we get yeah. to explore you know, some, some nice food around town. and That's cool. Share totally. That to get bring me. the homies, bring the ladies. It's a good time every time. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and the, well, the one more thing about Emory, since we're on restaurants, I'm, I've always been impressed because the price, like, doesn't kill you too bad. Like, it's a cut above casual, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's a little bit up there, but it's, it's approachable, but the service is like you feel like you're in somewhere fine dining. Like they are on it, on the service. They 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 don't ignore you. It's like it's good every time. They go above and beyond and it's like, wow, I feel like this this should cost more than it costs. 
So that's all I'll say about that. That's a yeah. good one. That's a good one, Derek. You have good steaks. Oh man, it's yeah. That was I'm, your B day dinner, that yeah. Was, yeah, I, I had to. Uh, I'm pretty pretty critical on a steak. You know, I mean, I I just I'm spoiled, I guess, because here in Nashville there are so many restaurants that you know have steak and and do things and have really great food. But uh, for the money. You know, that was a really, really good, a, a great steak. Totally. And you don't need no Came Prime. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually haven't, I can't afford Came Prime yet. Yeah, but me I'd neither. That's why we don't need it. We'll go, yeah. <laughs> that's all One good. Day. Yeah, that's all good. Maybe but... they'll maybe they'll hear this and give us a free dinner. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I'll shout out Gray's and Wild Cow, too. Excellent vegan food. Yeah. Don't even miss the meat. Oh, and Butcher and Bee. That's great, too. That was like, I took my, um, my girl Cassie oh, yeah, there for Valentine's Day. Dude, butcher and bees so good. Plus, my friend Jameson works there. So, is nice. there any any places that you? Um, to? well, whenever somebody comes to to town or come to visit or whatever, I usually, um, take them to to Opryland to oh, the hotel. Yeah. yeah, because it's such a sight to see. It's so um, and it's free. It's and it's big. free exactly. It's majestic. Awesome. You can walk around. There's all those waterfalls. Get your steps line. in mm-hmm. exactly. Especially if it's cold out. If someone's coming down in the winter, it's 70 degrees in there year-round. Yeah. Yeah. So I like there. My brother-in-law was actually just in town a couple weeks ago, and when he came, we went down to Broadway. We went to... Uh, that that uh, the Assembly Food Hall, which oh, yeah. I I never been to that before. That's a decent spot. It's yeah, it's a decent spot, and there's a place in there that sells cheesesteaks. Best cheesesteak in Nashville. Philly. It's, it's hard to find a good cheesesteak in Nashville. Interesting. Okay. I haven't tried that one. Yeah, yet. Mm-hmm. but it, it's really good. And then afterwards, we went and saw um, the reveal play at Big Machine. There oh, nice. you go. Um, so Convenient. it was kind of it was a Nashville experience. You got you got to see it. And my my dad lives here, so we we met up with him. He was in town for work for the week, um, and he uh, he just wanted to see some music and all that. So we went out and, and did it. But if it, if so, if it's someone new to town, like a, a homie or something like that, I'll take them. Dino's is always good. Definitely some East oh, Sider yeah. vibes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Five Points Pizza, I mean, another sure. classic. Um, but there's so many great places here, and every s- section of town kind of has its own flavor and its own vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got super familiar with it because I was an Uber driver for four years. Oh, that's perfect. Wow, so that's cool. I you know really the city like the back of my hand. Nice. Um, I just know every shortcut. I know all the clean bathrooms in Nashville. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean... It, the it dirty was, ones too, I the bet. dirty ones as well, yeah. Um, and even like the, the outlying areas, Mount Juliet, Hermitage, like I went everywhere. Hmm. So I got super familiar with everything in town. I also really got a flavor for the people that live here and a flavor for the people that come and visit here. <laughs> and for the most part, it was it was a good experience. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. So do you have a remedy for, like, the rush hour traffic? What do you do? Depends on what yeah. section of town you're in. Oh, yeah. you know all the sh- – I'm going to be texting you for shortcuts. Yeah, man. I can give you shortcuts. <laughs> oh, my God. It's getting harder and harder now that more people are moving here. Though. I know. That's yeah. what I'll say. This is a good transition. I was going to ask, like – so I've been sensing as coming up on about a decade, there is still a lot of um, growth and expansion due for Nashville. You know what I mean? It's It's – all the spaces aren't used up yet. It's just kind of the bubbles getting bigger, and it makes me excited. Like, truly, 
you know, pros and cons aside, I'm excited that there's still a lot of growing to do. I feel like we're growing with the city, you know, with Multi Ultra, with us as individuals. But I do still fear the day of like, will it ever become not cool? Will it ever become so jammed that it loses its allure? It's a question. I mean, not to get like dark and no, negative. No, I'm just trying to be real, right? It's a valid question. I personally think my answer is I don't know. Yeah, it's a fine answer. I think the, the beauty of Nashville is that it's part of the. It's the South, you know. It's mm-hmm. so there is a charm here. People are friendly. You know, there is plenty of there are plenty of times where you know you're trying to merge onto the interstate and people let you in. You know, there's a lot of times where I'm. I didn't get a basket at the grocery and I'm holding stuff and people will let me in front of them because they, you know, I have less things and it's, there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of, uh, courtesy and, and politeness here. I think as long as, and just like these other big cities where people are moving away from the bigger cities to a smaller city, as long as, you know, wherever you go, you, you kind of learn the culture of where you're going instead of try to bring the culture of where you're leaving to that place, you mm. know, I think that, you know, you can preserve the the southern comfort that we have here. I, I, at least I like I that answer. I think or bring right. the best of wherever you're coming from, like sure. bring the best little tricks or, or mannerisms or whatever. But yeah, but but respect what we have and, you know, try not to puke on the sidewalk and, you know, all this well, stuff. Yeah. I'm just making a silly joke. I mean, yeah. like I, I noticed there, there are signs, you know, that say don't honk, you know, like keep keep it cool, you know, because right. it's so easy to to you know maybe somebody just is having a bad day or just accidentally you know wa- <laughs> cut you off or something, you know they're not doing it. I'm sure they're not doing it to actually harm you or, or like you know yeah. personally attack you. You know, pretty soon they'll f- they'll find us for honking like New York City, right? They do that. I didn't know, that. dude. I heard that in some places. Like, imagine the. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, by the way, but done. imagine the thousands Thanks. of cars like just ripping down. You know, all the Grand Avenue or whatever in New York City yeah. every day, and all the residential apartments and places where people live. Like, imagine if all those cars were honking, right? That would just be a clamor. That'd be yeah. un unreasonable so they have probably some just i mean i don't know how you enforce it with like hundreds and hundreds of cars whizzing by that's pretty hard to give somebody a ticket like be like no it was the guy next to me like honking right i'm just kidding but i think yeah there's some places in new york city where like you you're not supposed to honk at all noise pollution yeah Yeah. because of noise Uh, pollution so i'm like fuck maybe maybe it'll be like that i don't know i think with with nashville really what i've learned and this is from doing doing uber is that nashville already has a friendly reputation so people come here and they're friendly right away i hope and it stays I, I think it will i i i do think it will good um but that that was the one thing that i noticed is people like most of the time like if i'm up if i'm picking someone up from the airport i'm probably the first conversational thing that they're gonna have with someone from the city who actually lives here um, so I always kind of saw it as like a, I'm an ambassador for Nashville. Same deal with them taking to the airport. I'm the last interaction that they're going to have. I mean, they're going to be seeing people in the airport and all of that, but when you're in the airport, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always kind of took it seriously in a way where I tried to be friendly to people and nice to people and just chat with them. And sometimes, man, I will say I learned 
right away when someone doesn't want to talk. <laughs> like you can you can feel it. Yeah, as what's as, the sign? You can just feel it. You can just feel it. You can you can feel it, and it's just, it's just like. Is it like letting them start the like, conversation? Short. Short responses, exactly. Sure, limited eye contact. See, yeah. I'm I'm an oblivious, happy person, <laughs> so I'll just keep on talking. I would not be a good Uber driver. Yeah, well, it was it was something that I had to pick up because sure. for me, it's like when someone first gets into the car, I'll say, "Hey, how are you doing?" And if they say like fine or good, and they don't ask me back, they don't want to talk. Yeah, sometimes sure. they they might be on their phone for like ten minutes. Then they'll start a conversation with me, wow. and they'll start asking questions about the city or about myself, the whatever damn it is. Phone, dude. Um, so it's just like it was an interesting part of human psychology oh. learning that because it's like okay, so I'm picking a single woman up from Broadway at nine p.m. at night. I'll ask her how she's doing. But she's gonna have to dictate that conversation. Definitely, totally. Because yeah. I'm about to take her where she fucking lives. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? I don't Comfort, make her right? Security. Right. Yes. Yeah. There's That's, already enough crazy bad stories about you know. I mean, absolutely. thank thank goodness you're one of the good ones, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I try to be. I try yeah. to just be fucking socially aware of that shit. Definitely. It, it, but it's it, it's it's always different. Like if it's uh you know like a middle aged couple, they just want to know everything about your life, and especially <laughs> if you tell them that you're a musician. They just want to know everything. Um, if it's like a group of bachelorettes, I mean, you guys know from playing it's about them. On, yeah. It's about them. It's They're 100%. the queens of their own little world. Yep. Yeah, and they they'll they'll be talking to you and asking you questions, but it's really so they can talk about themselves. Yeah, and that's okay. They're there. That's for totally them. fine. I'm I'm not even making a judgment on for that. sure. Have you ever had anyone puke in your car? Yeah, for sure. I believe it, dude. Yeah, it it was unpleasant. You know, I will say. When someone pukes in my car, I never light them up for it. Sure. Dude, I would want to fucking kill myself if I puked in it. I know. Yeah, it is embarrassing. I would die of embarrassment. If you have any shred of respect, it's obviously not on purpose. So you're yeah. a good person for t- for tolerating that. I, tr- I, tr- I try to. <laughs> I mean, dude, the last time it happened. I'd be pissed, man. Yeah, this was like be. seven or eight months ago. Probably longer. You than get that. to charge them more, so you just kind of just bill them for it exactly. and just say that's that. Yeah. I had this guy that I picked up from the Bobby Hotel. He was drunk. It was Saturday afternoon. I mm-hmm. could smell that he was drunk. Wow. You know? And um, he told me he was like, "Yeah, man, this is the first time that I've I've gone out since my uh, since my wife had our baby over a year ago." <sighs> He's so, ready to rip. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was his buddy's birthday. And um, we were driving, you know, that shell station on at the end of uh, Ellington when you're first pulling into Madison. Uh, maybe there's there's a shell station where you basically you pull up and you, Ellington Parkway ends by like um, high class hillbilly or am, am I thinking of Gallatin? Ellington Parkway. Of- is it like this is by Centennial Park? No, no Ellington is you're talking the other. Yeah, so oh, this is damn, if you're, dri- my- you're driving, um, there's like, oh, anyways, anyway, it doesn't, the it doesn't really matter, but there, there's a neighborhood <laughs> behind there, um, and that's where he lived. We were literally two minutes from his house, and I just, I hear the sound of him puking. Oh. It goes, it projectile shoots up on my door. No. Like by my window and everything like that. If I would have had my oh, so arm he's there, hitting some. He's he's sitting behind you. Yeah, directly oh, behind me. Damn. Um, which people normally don't do. That's it was another interesting yeah. thing. Right. Um. But uh. Yeah. He projectile 
vomited. It went all over the side of my door. If my arm would have been there, I would have gotten covered in his pee. But this dude was so embarrassed. He felt so bad. Like, and I, I'm like again, like I know I'm about to get paid because if someone pukes, you get like a yeah, you just bucks. get your car detailed for free or whatever, yeah. right? And then he he gave me like a forty dollar tip on top of that. There too. you go. So and he felt bad. He felt bad, and he was apologizing profusely. And I just told him, dude, don't even worry about it. Nice. Like, yeah, it's you're it's a not, good one, Taylor. It's, it's you're not a, good a big one. deal. But I hear I heard other stories too from other people about their Uber drivers. And it's always interesting because because I'm white, white people feel more comfortable saying shit to me that they wouldn't say in front of other ethnicities. Talk about psychology. Yeah. So it's just like, and they don't know what any of my beliefs are, what I think or any of that. Right. And they're just like, yeah, you're the first like Uber driver that we've had that uh, has spoken English or who has been white or whatever. And it's just, um, I mean, yes, that's which is observ- already like an off color comment. You it's know, weird to make a pun like they, they can because, yes, it's it's just an observation, but it, it always feels like there's something more behind that comment. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even if they don't mean anything by it, they felt the need to share it with me, which I think is kind of weird. Sure. Yeah. Because I wouldn't go to a new city and be like, by the way, you're the first white Uber driver we've had. Right. Like I would never I would never even think to, to fucking share something like yeah, that. Yeah, why why is that then the question begs, why is that significant to the person that's talking about yes. it? You know what I mean? It's like well, we're the melting pot baby. Yeah, for real. Uh, you know, get over it. <laughs> but you have all these different people visiting from all over the US. What is interesting, too, is there's a lot of Canadians who come down to visit from Hmm. Alberta because Alberta has a very similar lifestyle to Nashville. It's like the the country lifestyle. Totally. I've heard that there is like definitely a country scene or a big country market in Canada. There is. When we're talking about Canada, by the way, like... 95% 95% of the people live within 100 miles of the U.S. border. So you think about like this big thing of Canada and then like this little strip down where we are, that's where all the people live. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, within 100 miles, so whatever. But yeah, there's a big country scene. Um, little shout out. This is a friend I met through Chris. Uh, Danik is his name. I actually don't even know his last name, but he's from, he's the guitarist of Emerson Drive, who's like a Canadian oh, country cool. band. Yeah. And he's got a cool studio in Berry Hill. And you know he's he's gotten a couple couple big radio spins up in Canada, so yeah, I, I get it. Ever People want to visit. Was big man. I, I knew a few of their songs. Yeah, Danik. Me. He's such a nice guy. He's cool. he always would come in when uh, Chris would work at Fenwick's breakfast spot. Yeah. I have a, a quick anecdote, if that's okay. Yeah, it kind of ties in a couple. Yeah, of topics. since we're doing stories, we, yeah. This it it's got vomit and it's got good omens. So this was, a, this was a story from my childhood. So we were. Uh, it was like the county fair. There was like it was like the um, the the scrambler or something or like one of those rides where it's like everybody's in a circle and it spins you around. You oh, know? dude, like the octopus like thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it was oh the, my god! I but know it was that. like it wasn't like everybody was in in pairs. It's like everybody's together on. I think it's the one that oh. maybe it, it shoots you up and spins you. Anyway, and are you like off on a little chain thing? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's okay. like it's like uh, maybe spinning and and like kind of moving like a pendulum. Um, oh, and so I sit down, I, I was alone and I sit down in an empty chair and, uh, this was one of those moments where 
the person I was sitting beside knows somebody else that's that's getting on the ride and they're like, Oh, come come sit with me, you know, and and they're like, Hey, can he have your seat? And, you know, it's one of those moments where you feel a little awkward, like, oh, like I guess so. Like You don't yeah. want to deny an acquaintance, but they're not your yeah. friend. Yeah, it's like I feel like, okay, well, what am I? You know, chopped liver, as yeah. my, my dad would say. But it's like, yeah, fine. So I give up my seat, all right, and I go and sit uh, in another place on the ride. And so we're going, and I'm I'm kind of watching this this guy that uh, that <laughs> was, was uh, sitting beside the empty seat where I was at, and he was looking a little green. And so by the end of the ride, I happened to look over and the person that had uh, actually sat down in that seat had gotten vomited on by the guy that was sitting beside of him oh, that had actually no. seat you gave up <laughs> that he, he vomited on the seat that I gave up on the guy oh. that that took up the seat and I was like whoa like okay <laughs> like I'm glad I gave it up it was one of those Dude, moments where you luck. know yeah luck that's nice <laughs> that's nice hey keep 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 that streak going man uh, I know man I, I hope that I can I hope I can dig into that yeah I would like to think that our our bad luck is like a way of creating future luck, but I have lived enough to think that that's not true. It's all just kind of... It's random. It's pretty random, and, you know, bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people. Yeah. So just keep living and do your best, and hopefully you find some good luck out there, but that is a lucky story. That is definitely, you know, I, I'm proud of that one. Yeah, that's, nice. But it, that, that that just shows what being polite can do. For you. <laughs> there you go. Wow, no, another loop back. I don't, yeah, I never looked back. Another loop, moment. another loop back for sure. Well, that that reminds me of uh of the Sandlot. You guys have seen the Sandlot, yeah. right? Long time ago. You remember when they they feel like badasses because they get the chewing tobacco and they're on the the rides. Oh yeah. And oh, and they puking. Pu- yeah. Yeah. That's what oh yeah, that's yeah. funny. That's a yeah. good clip. For another sure. thing. Sorry, I'm I'm jumping around so much. But no, you're good. Another thing that you made me think of while you were talking is is like how you're kind of an ambassador for Nashville. Yeah. When, oh yeah, when great. You, yeah. When you pick people up, and I noticed we noticed that with Broadway too, where it's like you know we can we have this opportunity to kind of be like the first uh, people that they come into contact with you know besides bartenders mm-hmm. and besides maybe uber drivers and things but it's the, the biggest impression of the city because it's music though that's what, what if we're, we're the for. first rock band they see that thought right. has crossed my mind you know yeah. and it's there's def- been plenty of times where you guys have been yeah it's definitely <laughs> sure. like we re- you know it's 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 cool that you realize the power that you hold and not even just like to tourists and to people coming into nashville but like we all have this power throughout our day to like spread positivity and happiness and you know maybe somebody's like had to drag themselves out of bed because they just feel so totally. miserable and then they see you smiling at the supermarket and they're like oh like he just like smiled at me he doesn't know me you know he doesn't he didn't have to like do something do this random act of kindness right or held the door open or something right yeah but it's just like these these little moments that we can contribute to society that you know make people's day better and like you know, because we are like all really in it together, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's 100%. cool that you to hear you say that because um, I just don't think we talk about it enough. No, for sure. You know, I I think I had I will never say that I had a truly bad experience doing Uber and Lyft. I had some illuminating experiences on the human experience. <laughs> sure. Um, and it's just like if someone was kind of short with me or they were crappy or they were in a bad mood, whatever, I never held that against them because kind of basic, like kind of what you're saying, like 
you don't know what the life is that they're living. Yeah. Like they could have just got a phone call that, you know, they had to put their dog down or uh, someone that they love has cancer or something like that. Like I picked people up from divorce court, from funerals, from wow. whatever, from weddings, like the full spectrum of, of highs and lows and peaks and valleys. Yeah, exactly. So you never really know. I think the one that stays with me the most, I think I've told this story probably on the podcast before. The one that stays with me the most that I, I will always think about is there was a guy who, sorry, the AC came on. I don't think it's all good. Pick it up. Um, we got cardioids up in here. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I went to go pick this guy up at a gas station Um there's a shell station right off of 65 in Brentwood, right over by like where a Wendy's is. There's also a Hampton Inn over there. It's like right off the highway. And he, it was his brother that had ordered the Uber for him. And I called his brother because um, I didn't know yet. I was like, hey, where are you? He's like, hey, you're picking up my brother just to let you know. He's kind of drunk. He hmm. just had his car stolen and you're taking him to rehab. Whoa. This guy was ripped, fucking pissed drunk wow. um, on a night that was pissing rain in Nashville. And he had drunk drove to the gas station to buy more beer. And he had left his cell phone, his wallet, everything <gasps> in the car. Someone saw that he was drunk, knew that he wouldn't be able to call the cops and stole his car. Oh, man. He called his brother from the gas station phone. and His brother said, okay. I can help you, but you got to go to rehab right now. And this was not this guy's first trip. Wow. wow. Like he had been to rehab before. Oh, my God. Um, That's a very unique situation. Yeah. It, it was, uh, I mean, honestly, this was like a family that was in crisis mode where this was probably their worst, like, worst night or worst fears coming to reality in this Sure. Moment. There's so much uncertainty. Um, so this dude, he gets into my car. He is just, have you ever been so drunk before that you've regretted it? Like where I shouldn't Uh have drank that much. Oh yeah. Everybody's been there (laughs) a time or two. Oh yeah. More Um, than a few. This guy, I could tell that that was a regular routine for him because this is how he was as soon as he got into my car. He was just down and fucking out. Um, So I just got to talking to him, got to talking about his life. Um, he wanted to move back out to Colorado. He wanted, he was a, a vegan. Cause I was like, dude, can I buy you a cheeseburger or something? Um, he's like, no. And then he tried to get me to buy him more beer. I was like, dude, I can't, I just can't. Yeah. Um, but we get to the rehab, him and his brother are arguing about him going in. Cause he says, I'll go to rehab, but I don't want to go to this rehab. It's weird. Um, mm. so they're arguing over my fucking Bluetooth speaker, <laughs> like in my car back and forth. <laughs> Oh, his brother called him. Yeah, well, because he's like, he didn't have a phone, so he, I was the only way that his brother wow, would get in contact you really with saved the day, bro. Keep Dude, going. well, I just did what my dad raised me to do, nice. which was always do the right thing. Like, yeah. there were plenty of times where my patience was tested that night where I was like, fuck this. But I was like, no, that's not the right attitude to have about sure. this. This guy needs help, and this family needs help. But what ended up happening... We drive back 45 minutes the other way because he wants to go to another rehab that's in Franklin. I take him there. He goes in. I call his brother. I tell him whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that's honestly the one that sticks out 
the most to me. It's it was the most of human moments that I experienced. Wow. That's a great story, dude, for sure. Dude, I it was honestly my time with Uber and Lyft, it's over. I'm glad it's over, but I'm so glad I got to do it. You could probably got a lot of wisdom from uh, holding that position in in society. And I really yeah. do have to comment as well as you said, Derek. The thing you said about being an ambassador or making an impression on a stranger, I really I agree not to regurgitate, but I agree that it's not talked about enough. And I think that is such a, a noble, respectable attitude to have because, yeah, you know, we, ha- we have our ups and downs and we have our own bad days too. Sometimes we got to take time for ourselves. Sometimes we're not always our best and that's okay because we're imperfect. But if you can at least like aim for trying to make someone else's day better or share that thing, that is a really powerful thing that's in our control. And it's, it's just wonderful that you have that attitude. You know what I mean? I think you can apply that. It's the butterfly effect and you can apply that to really a, a, really a lot of jobs. Like, you know, there was a lot of normal days or days where I was off, but you know, I, I waited tables for like eight or nine years and that's, also a job where you come into contact with random strangers over and over and also the difference is you have to be kind to get the tip so you sort of have to you know but <laughs> well, I was the same thing with uber too yeah i was always uh you know i was always myself and you know had to stand my ground a couple of times but regardless you get to see a lot of people at random points in their life you know like good days bad days and it is a bit of a a service to have that attitude. I just wanted to comment that I really agree with what you said, Derek. That's not acknowledged enough. And it would be nice if more people did that. And if you are out there listening and you do that, keep it up because oftentimes you will not feel an immediate reward or maybe there is no reward for that random. The reward is doing it. Yes. Don't do it for the reward. Do it because it matters, period. Yeah. So not no. to get preachy, but no, that's it. No, People. I, I 100% yeah. agree with that. I, I think to working sales jobs, have you guys ever had to, to work sales oh, jobs yeah. before? A Women's couple. Shoes. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? It was interesting. You know, it was, uh, it's funny because we're talking about past jobs and I, I yeah. think like we were, Nolan and I were actually just having the conversation of like how every single job that we've liked or not liked adds into our experience of what we're doing today and yeah, like whether 100%. it's where you know and it, at the time it seems like it's meaningless it sounds it seems like it's crazy but like it was cool you know it taught me um some sales you know tactics and persuasion it, it, persuasion it taught me like uh you know i got some fashion uh advice from just being in in the mall all the time yeah. and, you know uh how to put out fires yeah. Like it, metaphorically, like how yeah. to deal with angry, unsatisfied people. Yeah. I mean, the customer is always right. Attitude is, is something that, you know, it, it was cool. It's like, I'm, I'm glad that I'm a full-time musician now, but, For uh, sure. you know, I, I definitely can't, uh, look back and, and anger at that because it, it makes us, all of these things make us who we are, you know? And, oh yeah. Um, it's cool to, it, yeah, it's just cool to like, it's also uh, validating to have a job like that because it makes whatever goal you're working for that much sweeter. You get to appreciate it, you 100%. know? Absolutely, dude. Yeah, definitely. I, I just got done, and this is something I haven't talked about directly on the podcast, 
because uh, it's fairly recent, but I just got done working at Comcast. And I did work from home inbound sales. Okay. And overall, Comcast, as, a, as an employee, they treat you pretty well. You get a bunch of great benefits. Cool. Like free TV, like d- steep discount on internet. But you're having to deal with pretty much, it's the same deal as Uber and Lyft or any other job where you're working with the public. You are dealing with every kind of person out there. Yeah. Like every kind of person to fucking... That needs everybody needs internet. Everybody yeah. has internet, mm-hmm. um, and it was interesting because I never done an inbound sales job before. I'd always done outbound, so cold calling. Oh, okay. This is people calling in, um, either bitching about their bill, whatever. And dude, I will say, fucking Comcast is the <laughs> most corrupt company. Ooh. No, well, not the most corrupt. Um, I think at a certain point, when you become such a big business, there is no way for you to be fucking moral anymore. And don't get me wrong. Uh, I believe in capitalism and people, the American dream and all of that. But when you're a fucking monopoly like that, you're up to some seedy fucking shit. Because they they taught us all these different sales tactics to use. And I got good at it. I had to. It was my job. But what I didn't like was that I got good at these very bad things that i saw as bad do you feel like it was deceptive is that what you're getting at big time wow hugely deceptive so it's like uh so imagine you you call in for internet you're like hey i saw the price online for 55 dollar internet i just ignore that comment right away Mm. where okay that that doesn't even matter i know that they're calling in to buy so i'm gonna try and ring them out for as, as much as I can. Yeah. And there's five lines of business. There's the internet. There was six t- different tiers of internet speeds. This is good to know. This is educational now. I'm, I'm sharing this <laughs> yes. so people fucking know when they yes. call in. Wow. Um, and what you're supposed to do, and this is where it was useful, is you're supposed to do a full discovery on a person. So you ask them open-ended questions. What do oh, you man. use the services for? And they, in training, they were like, don't say internet, say services. And people would always correct me after that. They'd be like, well, I need internet for X, Y, Z. And you would have to kind of drill in. And it was a valuable skill that I gained from doing this. It's a very specific thing. But basically, there is two sets of pricing with Comcast. There's the everyday pricing. So let's say the mid-tier, fast-speed internet, 400 megabits, per second that's good for most people you're going to be streaming with that maybe a little bit of gaming that sort of thing maybe you have a couple security cameras average family fast speed internet cool um that would be 92 dollars on its own the tactic that i would use the game was get as many rgus as you can which is revenue generating unit Mm. so the, you could always at least get two RGUs on a call by using this this particular tactic on the close. So you get everything from them in discovery. You ask all the questions. Oh, I'm a, I'm a musician. I play. I have security cameras to make sure my gear is safe. Whatever. And it's, okay, great. Hey, based on what you told me, uh, I would recommend the fast speed internet because you have all those guitars at your house. You're going to be streaming online, putting your music out into the world. You're going to be downloading podcasts. You're going to be uploading videos. And you just boom, 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 hit them back with everything that they told you. 
Then you say, hey, I have two sets of pricing. So I have just the internet on its own or for $2 less and you give them the everyday pricing, that $92, whatever it is. Mm. Or for $95, $2 more, you can get a two-in-one modem router that you can plug a phone in the back of, which really is you're selling them a home phone line. Oh, and it's that they don't need. That they don't need. No one needs a fucking home phone. Wow. Some people You're trying do. to sell them a landline. Wow. Yeah. So that, that it, it just taught me that you can word things in a specific way to get this goal done. I got good at it. Don't get me wrong. Sure, because you're a smart guy. Yeah, I mean, well, it was just like I was trying to be as good at my job as possible. Right, it's not wrong. You had to do what you had to do. I had to do what I had to do, but that's what the Nazis said as well. <laughs> Dang. But, <laughs> but um, I didn't fucking <laughs> like it ever. Like I I got good at it. I got good at selling mobile phone lines, getting people to transfer their phones over, which I can make an argument that it is actually a good deal getting your your cell phone through Comcast. If you have Verizon or someone like that, I wouldn't personally tell my friends and family to do it. But this is another reason why I left. You know, because yeah. I morally disagreed with. They somebody. brainwashed you. I'm yeah. kidding. No, they they taught you sales tactics. Yeah. I get it, and they're. It depends on what you use it for, but it, it's exactly. it's persu- it's you know persuasion. Yeah. Well, it's manipulation of yeah. words. That's that's really what it is. Because th- there is there is something to be said for persuasion. Sure. And and trying to sell an idea because life is really all sales. Right. Right. Yeah, it Point is. Blank. It's it's two things. It's sales and it's logistics. Those two things purely. Sure. Um, but and I've I had a bunch of other sales job before this. Like I, I've I've worked at big companies and I've I've worked at small family businesses where they really put an emphasis on being ethical. Mm-hmm. Comcast they wouldn't they didn't directly teach me that tactic either. I would ask them like, hey, is this okay? And I would have these one on one meetings with my manager. And he would never tell me yes, and he would never tell me no. Oh, that's he, perfect sales, dude. He wanted to have the accountability <laughs> that if someone pulled my phone calls, which they do, they listen to everything. Oh, yeah. Um, that they could just fire you at the drop of the hat. Oh, and what man. it is, if you start making too much money as a salesperson at a place like Comcast, they fire you. If you don't get in line, if you start to question too much or ask. And I technically, I, I didn't get, well, I'm, I'm going to get fired because basically what I did is I, I'm using up all my vacation time right now, and then I'm going to fucking no-call, no-show on their asses. Nice. I'm going to 2-1-1 modem router that. Drop the... <laughs> um, but, I mean, it was it was so fucking fun. Like, I will not lie to you. It, it was super fun. But morally, I just didn't feel right about doing it. So I was able to line up another employment opportunity, so I went with that. Nice. And it's given me kind of a in-between where I'm just able to chill for a few weeks Focus on the podcast again. Focus on music. Good for you. Go play down on Broadway. Do what you want to do, yeah. Exactly, because it just got to the point, my schedule, it was dog shit. Like, I was working 12.30 to 9.30 on weekdays, and then on weekends, 9.30 in the morning till 6.30 at night. Wait, 12.30 to 9.30 at night? 12.30 in the the afternoon to 9.30 at night. Boo, bro. That's, and most musicians, they're working on the weekends, and their schedule is like anytime you want to be social with your friends, it's like you're hanging out with them on a random Tuesday afternoon or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, um, our free time is like usually daytime. Yeah, right. exactly. So yeah. Um, it was necessary for me to honestly take that job. I needed to do it. But it also really showed me what I don't want. 
you know, sure. show me what I do want in some ways and what I don't want. I mean, music in the podcast, that, that's always going to be what I actually fucking want. Definitely. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, Even if you got to juggle a couple things to keep that going. Exactly. Dude, there's so many amazing artists out there that still work a quote unquote day job. And dude, there's nothing wrong or shameful or ab- about that. Like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But if you have the autonomy and you're happy making something, I understand that, you know, especially not to be hypocritical, like I want to get to a more successful place. I want to make more money with my art. And there's something to be said for that. You know what I mean? I I get that desire is very valid, but even to count the smallest win, if you're able to have the freedom to make what you want to make and, and kind of semi support yourself, you know, all the listeners out there, like you got to count that as a win too. That's a huge, that's like the, that's the level one win. And that's, that's already huge to just get there. So I don't know if that means anything, but no, it it definitely does. I think you have to choose what your victories actually are. Small victories. There's, there's no clear cut answer. It's like for, for years on end, man, I was fucking doing shit. Like I was, I was, and I've, I've talked about this a little bit in the past. I'll give you guys a short version. But basically, I was so fucking stressed out because I was playing with three or four bands, mm-hmm. um, getting paid for all of them, not a lot, East Nashville bands. I mean, they took care of me. They, they made sure all my needs were, were met. Yeah, they're at least getting you dinner or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was doing that. I was Uber driving. I was also doing the podcast. And then what other, whatever other random stuff I had to do for money. Right. Yeah. And I was... I didn't know it, but I was fucking miserable, man. Yeah. I, as much as I loved playing the music and that was fun, it was a lot of fun. Were you just like burnt out or? Burnt out, man. Yeah. I, I, to a crisp. And I, I didn't even know because for so long I was fighting to get to that point to where I had everything I had. Um, but even then, it's just like, what's next once you get to that point? Right. Yeah. You know? You're looking right. down, you're on on the top of the mountain. The only logical move is to go down the mountain and then hike up the next taller mountain. Sure. I think Look that's at a, the next one in the distance. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like a very human struggle though, because I, I relate to that on a on a big level. I mean, you know, it's always like you're you're working, you're fighting to get to that next next goal, and then when you get there, you know, you're you're working to get this happiness, but it's like if you're not happy now, then you're not going to be happy when you You'll get there. Yeah. So I'm, it, I'm working yeah. on trying to, that's another thing that meditation helps me with. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I'm very fortunate, you know, I, it, things can be so much worse, but it's also like, uh, just about appreciating what I have and like, um, trying to remind myself that like, Hey, like I have a lot to like, I'm healthy. Like I have a lot to be happy about right now and you know if i'm not happy now then i'm not going to be happy with you know the saying more money more problems it's like yeah i think that's true because yeah. you know Absolutely. you may be like you may have more money but you may be working harder or like doing more or like you know so i it, i think that's a very i relate to what you're saying i think it's a very yeah. human struggle definitely i mean that's the perfect spot to end it on can i drop cold shoulder on this podcast uh, in post is that cool? Absolutely, you guys? dude. We love that. Yeah. Okay. Um, where can people find you at? 
Where can we, what do you mean on the online? We online, have online. We have a really it? cool website that has some exclusive content that we've worked hard on, and it's only going to get better and better, and got more exclusive stuff on there. Sometimes we even post a song early, you know what I mean, before it hits Spotify. So number one, check out our website. We're on the social media. You know what all that is. That's probably going to be at multi ultra underscore. Nice and simple. And. Dude, find us around town. Find us at Dino's. Find us at a show. In basements yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. In the basement. yeah. In the basements in Nashville, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. I would like to take a tiny moment to thank anybody new for listening. If you haven't heard of Multi Ultra, you know, now's your chance. Thank you so much for uh, for tuning in and for rocking with us. Thank you for remembering to do that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. But yeah. And before I forget, for all of our new listeners, uh, nice to meet you. And if you have any questions for us, like anything about our lifestyle or just any curiosity, really, um, go ahead and comment and ask us. And if Taylor is so kind to have us back on the Poptimist another time, we'd love to answer those questions for you. Well, here is Cold Shoulder by Multi Ultra. <laughs> Show them.